So one thing um, I've been thinking about lately is how people, I know last time I spoke about how I was sort of against New Year's resolutions. Um, and I wanted to expand on that a little bit and talk about how to make goal actions from your goals, how to go from goals to actions. And so um, I ended up writing a little blog post. I'm going to add it to the show notes. But um, I want to talk about how to like take your goals that you have and turn those into actual actions that are doable. Um, so this is the sort of thing that you'll do any given month or any time that you realize that there's a big thing in your life you want to change or maybe even not so big. Yeah, exactly. So you have a goal in mind, you want to change, you need to, um, the reason I wrote this is I see that people say they have goals, but they really don't sketch out how to reach them. And then the other thing is, is just understanding your own limitations and being honest with yourself. I think a lot of people just get frustrated because they set such lofty goals without without any plan in mind as far as how to get there. And then the other thing is I just want to understand how to make people, I want to people to understand how to make something actually happen uh, rather than just keeping it lofty in the pie, pie in the sky goal that they might have. So one thing is like making your results actually actionable. Um, one thing is people will say really lofty goals, like I want to lose weight or I want to publish a book. Um, but they don't take those goals and break those down into tasks or actions of, of any kind. Um, like if you want to lose weight, well, what are the things that's going to take to lose weight? And simply it's less, you're putting less calories in than you are expending. So you do that by watching your diet. Most of all, first of all, watching your diet. And secondly, by, uh, doing more exercise, and then with uh, publishing a book, you would break those down into tasks like finding a publisher, researching how to how the publishing process works, writing a certain amount of words or for a certain time of the day. Um, and that's, I think, the important thing about having any lofty goal is breaking those down into actions and not having them so large or so abstract. I think uh, both of those examples are situations where I would encourage people to ask themselves why they want those goals um, because they might not sound that abstract um, and losing weight, depending on how much you want to lose, may not seem like a large goal. But at the same time, um, they, they don't seem like they, there's something you just jump out of bed and are like, I want to publish a book. Um, so asking yourself why will at least give you a chance to make sure that your real goal isn't something else. Uh, published book, for example, uh, what if you want to just do a little bit of writing to help yourself become more articulate or you have an idea that you just want to get out to the world? Do you really need to publish a book? Like you could create a blog or you could just be tweeting about a topic or posting to Facebook, something like that. So. I think that's a really good point because um, you should, I think there's a couple of things going on. One thing is, um, 
what is your motivation behind that goal? Because you need to continue to carry that momentum. Uh, because you will, you will run out of momentum. There will be a time where you will no longer want to take on such a lofty goal. Um, and then, secondly, I like how you're talking about publishing a book, breaking those down into smaller reachable goals that may get the reward that you're looking for from that, such as beginning a blog post or, or doing tweeting or, or writing in other formats, because you can always take those blog posts and publish a book at some point, for instance, or you can always, um, take, uh, like, let's say you want to, um, do a 5k. I mean, that's a great way to, it's not a large distance, but it's also a way to lose weight and get yourself in the habit of being somebody who's a little bit more active. Um, so yeah, I, I think those are two really good points. Yeah. And, uh, to add a little bit more to the other example of losing weight, uh, this is something I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast yet, but over the past um, maybe six or eight months, I've lost about 25 pounds. And when I bring it up in conversations, a lot of people think I'm a tall, skinny dude. Why would I need to lose weight? Uh, it's got to be about body image, right? Self-confidence or something like that. But um the, the real motivation, like what I want to get out of losing weight is not, not, not just looking better. It's actually primarily motivated by my daughter. I want to be able to keep up with her. And so keeping my joints healthy has been a really strong motivation for me. Um, and it's just been getting a stronger and stronger to like want to stay healthy be able to just run around and do things like carry her on my back and um, just lugging around that extra baggage. Like it takes its toll. And so that was my motivation. So losing weight for me wasn't so much losing weight. It's taking care of my joints and losing weight was just a means to an end. Yeah. I think it's a really great, great point is to like, what is your motivation behind getting, getting to that goal? Um, and I think this brings up another point about your your actual actions is making those smart. I don't know if you've heard of that acronym before, SMART, um, but essentially what it means is um, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-constrained. And if your goal isn't fall into that, into that basic idea, maybe you should give it a second thought and break it down even further. Yeah, I agree. And um, I, I do think there's some situations where uh, SMART doesn't really apply. I mean, I I feel like there are examples where someone might have a habit that they want to build and it's just a, you know, it's like a lifestyle change. One thing that I hear a lot of people getting into uh, these days is meditation. And I might come back to this example, but there's no real like end goal. There might be some motivation, like you want to be, maybe you want to feel a little less angry or you want to be able to clear your mind or cool yourself down. So there may be other motivations for encouraging that habit. But since we're talking about goals, I just wanted to put it out there that sometimes forming the habit is the goal. And so there's not really an end to that goal. There's no like achieving it. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah, so there's some examples where I think smart doesn't apply. I'll, I'll try and touch on them as we keep talking. 
Um, but I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, I mean, I think like achievable, realistic, and time constraint certainly, and specific. I think measurable, like you said, might be a little bit the more difficult part of that um, to to obtain. Um, but yeah, and I think so. Now that you've, let's just say you've taken your goals and you've broken those down into specific actions or tasks, I think really the next thing is using your calendar and making your calendar your best friend and really applying those actions to your calendar and scheduling time for those things. So that means actually looking at your calendar and seeing if you can even make that commitment and then putting time slots in your calendar to when you're going to actually do it. Because if you don't put it in your calendar, quite frankly, you might not do it. Um, that doesn't mean that life happens and you have to change it, but you at least are keeping track of when you're doing those things. You could even go so far as to start looking into time tracking as a possibility of, of tracking you actually doing those things. Um, and then for something that's more habit-like, like losing weight and you want to exercise more or writing a book, you might want to plan those into a weekly schedule of some sort, especially if your schedule is is pretty regular on a weekly basis. Um, and, I, yeah, I don't know if you have any, any points you want to add to that. Yeah. Um, you didn't uh, quite spell this out, but another advantage of putting it in a calendar, but I still think is valuable. Um, is just writing your goals down. And I think the other benefit of putting it in a calendar, and my, this might be my mode of how I use calendars, is that it's something that I see every day. So besides just a reminder to do a specific task, I just always have it on my calendar. And so it's a reminder that I have this goal and it's there. So it's another way to help myself stay accountable. Yeah, I really like that. That's a great idea. Um, and the other thing is um, just, yeah, I use my calendar as a way to remind me of my tasks. And then if I need to snooze it, so to speak, or I need to reschedule, I, I at least do that. And I always have my, my calendar or my task list to be able to see and do that. Um. So one of the questions that I think comes up next is what if your action is too ambitious or broad? Um, so for instance, let's say you, um, you're doing something a little bit more ambiguous, like researching a specific topic, like how do you publish a book? Well, maybe what you want to do is say – be specific and break that down to, I will find three to five publishers or three, three to five methods and do a comparative analysis of those. Um, so, you know, you want to be a little bit more specific and you want to break it down further. Uh, for instance, exercise can be a very broad topic. I want to exercise for an hour or for 30 minutes. Well, what exactly are you going to do? Are you going to uh, do some cardio? Are you going to do weights? You take a lot of load off your mind when that time comes up. You know exactly what you need to do. Yeah. Well, and something that you uh, touched on there as well is that by being more specific, usually you will touch on one of the other aspects of a SMART goal. So uh, for the example that you gave, reaching out to three to five publishers, um, that's also measurable. After you do that, you will know whether you met your goal of reaching that three to five. And it's, it's really easy to measure that too. You, you know how many phone calls or emails you wrote. Right. 
Yeah, and I think it, it sets a limit for you, and it gives you an understanding of what you're capable of doing in that limited amount of time. Um, and I think if, if all else fails and you just cannot break down an action further or you can't be more specific, you're just going to have to set a time limit. Uh, I mean, that's just life. If you only have that amount of time to do something so ambiguous, maybe you just need to say, I'll do it for two hours and and, and see where I'm at. And then you could always plan further based on that. Uh, did you have yeah. any other further thoughts on that? Yeah, I do. So uh, for time-constrained goals, another thing that I've had come up once in a rare while is sometime it's not just the right time. So uh, what you can do in that case is give yourself an amount of time, and if you don't find the time to really like do anything for that goal or you don't make it all the way, you can punt. And sometimes, you know, uh, like January, I kind of ranted about this already, but January, I think, is a pretty poor time to try and take on certain goals like exercise. Um, It's just right after the holidays, people are just mentally exhausted from being around family and the weather is dreary, at least where we live. So there's lots of reasons where the timing might not be right. So time constraint it give yourself a few weeks if it doesn't work out punt it three months out wait until spring you'll get that boost of energy things your schedule might be a little bit more clear so sometimes just trying it again a little further out in your future might be a good way to help set you up for achieving your goals yeah i agree with that yeah yeah punting there's nothing wrong with punting or just I don't want to say give up necessarily, but being able to um, to get a better understanding of what you can do and how you can plan uh, further along. I, I always think, like, try something out for, say, a given amount of time, and then that gives you an idea further to plan plan in the future. Is there anything else you wanted to add to this? Yeah, I think um, trying to take on a goal, if you don't know much about a topic or maybe your motivations, adding some early time to actually research about your goal is a good idea. Um, You know, I've mentioned, you know, losing a little bit of weight and I've been stretching. Uh, I have tried those things several times uh, before my daughter was born even because I'm six and a half feet tall. I've never been able to touch my toes as long as I can remember. And it's just one of those things that annoys me. It, I don't know if it would give me any real benefit, but I've definitely tried incorporating stretching into my routine. Um, I just didn't have the proper motivations until my daughter was born. However, something that has happened this time is I've actually taken the time to research what it takes to become more flexible and improve my joint strength so that I won't injure myself as much as I grow older. And I've learned quite a bit that is setting me up for better success. So uh, time constraint is one of those things. If I had time constrained myself to a month, I'm setting myself up for failure because stretching takes months or even years to really get to a 
potentially like noticeable improvement. That's just one example. I think there's lots of situations where just educating yourself about the goal that you're trying to achieve can really set yourself up to achieve that goal a little bit better. I think the publishing a book one is another good example. That is not an easy thing to do. And so even if you have a blog that you've written for five years, you can't really expect to compile all of that into a book and publish it in a month. I think that's just unrealistic. But doing that research, you are able to do some of the things that we've talked about in the podcast. So break it down into smaller, measurable, achievable tasks, and then give yourself some constraints and be able to measure your own progress. I think it'll help a lot. So some of that was reiterating what we already said, but uh, research is another important thing, especially for really big goals or goals that you don't know a lot about, like what your execution would look like. I think it's a really good point. I think if you allocate time for research, it sets your, it sets your expectations clearly. So that way you understand that there's going to be some extra time involved for you to get up and running and started working on whatever goal you might have. I think those are some really good points. Any goals that you've uh, applied this to recently? Um, so one thing is uh, writing. Uh, I've allocated time for writing uh, in my schedule. Uh, it's That's very meta. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, writing about. Yeah, it's been really difficult sticking to it, but I, I have been able to um, stick to that. The other thing is allocating time for reading. Uh, so that's been pretty successful, and uh, that's helped me um, just intersperse reading as part of my life and not so much uh, making it an interruption, so to speak. So, yeah, what do you um, – so I got a question for you. Okay. What, uh, what do you think of book clubs? You know, I really enjoy reading, and it's something that I also try and do a lot of. I um, I don't think I've ever really joined a book club, though. It, it sounds really appealing to me. And I've done things like um, movie clubs or anime clubs, but not book clubs for some reason. Um, so I don't I, know why. I, so I was thinking about starting a book club for our podcast. And I had an idea for our first book um, based on what we've talked about today. Uh, it's a book called The Power of Habit uh, by Charles Duhigg. Um, okay. So what do you think if we gave listeners an opportunity to read this book before the next episode? Um, and then we could discuss it on the next episode of the podcast. I'm game. Uh, can you read pretty quick? <laughs> I can, re- I can, I can't read pretty quick, but, uh, I can audiobook pretty quick. So that's helpful. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think now that you mentioned book club, and I'm sitting here just thinking to myself, I'm realizing some of the, uh, not really anxieties, but things that may have made me reluctant to join them before. <laughs> and one of them is my reading speed. Yeah, totally understandable. Uh, yeah, I, I bought both the book, the Kindle and the uh and the uh, audio book as well. So that's been really helpful beginning through this book. Um I'm halfway through it myself, so uh, I'm definitely planning it. Such a head start on me. I know. So I'm going to get there. Um, So I think for our next episode, we'll discuss that book and our thoughts on it and what we thought was great about it, what we thought was a little bit uh, cringy about it, 
uh, perhaps, and uh, how we can think we can actually apply it to our life. So let's plan on that for the next episode. I'm game. Awesome. And uh, looks like I'll have to uh, get this book and get it cracking. Are you taking <laughs> notes? Uh, not yet. I think I'm going to go through it one more time based on what I remember and kind of take notes based on that. Uh, but I, I should have, of course, when I started, but I, I didn't. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. I think I think it'll be an interesting read. Thank you for listening to the OK Productive Podcast with Leo Dion and Eric Gillespie. Music provided by Elisha Fitchcook. You can follow us on Twitter at OK Productive as well as our Facebook page. Be sure to subscribe to OK Productive wherever you listen to podcasts and we'll catch you soon.